0: hey
1: everyone I'm Zach with Medicine Journeys, and I am sitting here with Krista what's your last name now? Is it Krista? Hagen I haven't changed.
2: Yeah. I haven't changed. Oh, okay. My last name okay.
1: Krista. Krista <laughs> Hi, Krista.
2: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having
1: uh, me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, coming on. I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a bit of time, particularly since we just recently uh, did a uh, three night weekend retreat with you and Michael and, um, for those of you, before we get into all of that, for those of you who, who don't know, Krista has been studying with with us, me, <laughs> um, however you want to put that, uh, since 2020. Uh, we, we met in Guatemala at Casa Liberacion, which is a retreat center that we were doing retreats at, and um, we got to know each other really well yes. because... Uh, or accelerated uh, learning, or accelerated um, familiarity, I guess, because we yeah. we got we got COVID quarantine together at Casa Liberacion, which could have been a really cool place to do it, but also had some really uncool aspects, which is another story. <laughs> anyway, so um, and then uh, so we. We know Krista since, since COVID began, and she's been doing quite a bit of study with us, lots of dietas, lots of ceremonies. Largely, I, I don't know if this would have, I, I'm making a speculation that you being partnered with Michael, obviously uh, made a, that made a big impact in terms of your participation in all of this work. Uh, and now you are married to Michael, uh, which is so cool. It's a, a, yes, it's a year, a year in some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, going back to why I wanted to talk to you is we, not only did we live together in Guatemala, we also lived together in Oregon. And uh, we were all, the four of us, the five of us, uh, myself, Jess, you, and Michael were in this gigantic house that we were running retreats out of. And we were doing so at a very rapid pace, like at least once a month, sometimes two times a month, we'd have ceremonies uh, or retreats going on. Um, and at the same time, just to be you know, a big elephant in the room. Yeah, Jess and I were going through some challenging times in our, our, our uh, relationship. And this is right before uh, Jess decided to to exit stage left. <laughs> um <laughs> uh and so that was intense um and then so that was the last time that i really worked with you was it was in the oregon house um fast forward a year later muscle menos and we just did this retreat in colorado and i was like Oh my God! The growth that has happened in Krista is amazing, and I'm going to t- tell them about you. You you had asked me going into the retreat. Hey Zach, can you tell me, you know, what what I'm really ex- you know accelerated at, or what I'm really good at, and then can you tell me something that I need to improve on? And I said, okay, well, let, let me wait until the end of the retreat because we haven't worked together for a while. And (laughs) yes, we talk and hang out and and visit, but we, you know, I don't really know. And I hadn't been thinking about it, frankly. (laughs) Um, and then at the end of the retreat, I was like, Holy cow. One of the many, many gifts that Krista has is her, uh, understanding and knowledge around movement and the body, um, and she, in such a natural and wonderful way, integrated that into ceremony, into mm-hmm. the retreat. And I can't even describe it. I was so, so impressed. And then, you know, everything else here, Icaros, and every, throughout the weekend, I, to answer the second question of what can I approve upon, I was like, I don't know. Just keep going, keep doing whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And so, uh, this leads me to, yeah, what have you been doing? There was this long break where we weren't working together, and yeah, I'll just hand it over to you. What happened in that long break?
2: Oh, what didn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some. Um, well, first of all, thank you for the accolades up yeah yeah (laughs) a plus whatever yeah um i would say there's some primary things that stand out to me in the year or so of going from being in oregon busting our asses to the most recent retreat Mm -hmm. One, this was kind of paired together, but one was um, Michael and I went on an extended honeymoon, I guess you could Uh say, and we went to England and France and went to some sites dedicated to Mary Magdalene and a few Uh to Mother Mary. and. Uh Those like I had, some of the most profound experiences of my entire life in mm. some of these places. Whether it was a church or, like, a super duper old church, we went to a fifth century church oh, in wow. the south of France, which was amazing. In Glastonbury in England, and um, so I, I mean, I had more profound experiences than I have had in any ceremony with ayahuasca and there was no ingesting of anything Uh and i feel like what happened is this channel that i've been cultivating over the last four years got a huge surge of really powerful mother energy Uh the divine mother and i feel like you know, we kind of talk about in dietas or working with the medicine that it widens the mm. central channel. Right. And I feel like it was that happening. Um, but again, without the impetus of ingesting anything, just standing on sacred ground
3: mm-hmm.
2: and making prayers and offerings to those places. So I was, you know. Giving creating a reciprocal experience with Mm -hmm. these really powerful places. I mean, I could go on forever. And that was, um, it was probably the best trip. It was the best trip of my life so far. Maybe Michael and I will top that someday, but I'm (laughs)
3: not sure
2: how. Um, And a portion of that during that trip we were in the south of France and we dieted lavender,
3: mm. which
2: grows all over there. And we got the lavender from a local farmer who had grown it and then dieted it there. And so for that, there was this closeness and proximity for me of mm-hmm. the plant to the land in which I was for that dieta. <clears throat> And that just sort of ties in of um, closing the gap, so to speak, between myself and the vegetal world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that had a lot of power to it. And during that dieta, um, I read a book called Anchored, which is by the author is Deb Dana, and mm-hmm. it goes. It's like a user friendly guide to polyvagal theory.
3: Okay.
2: And that's not um, polyamory,
1: right? That's it's very not different. Poly- <laughs> okay. Okay. It's totally uh, not that. I'm um, I'm not prepared to talk about that right
2: now. <laughs> that is not diet-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um and I I have been exploring the nervous system mostly through the practice of yoga for a long time and not really knowing a lot, but experiencing a lot. And you know slowly gaining more knowledge around it mm. that was helping to back my experience and this book um it was just so exquisitely written, straightforward, and what I and there's like exercises in the book that can kind of guide you through your personal experience of of your own nervous system mm. and the primary thing, and so this was. Actually, exactly a year ago, we were in dieta on the solstice last year. So, yay, exactly yeah. a year ago. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: Um, and what I gathered from that book that I was then putting into practice in the dieta was... I'm just going to explain it the best that I can. <clears throat> that <Please>. there's essentially... <laughs> there's like... There's three branches to the nervous system. Uh And most people think about there's fight or flight and then freeze and there's rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And that is true. But also those. So the freeze one is dorsal vagal, And that's like numbness, shut down. Think about an animal playing dead. Mm -hmm. It's like everything that's happening out here is way too much. I'm going to kind of die like pretend to die sure and fight or flight super revved up like i from living with you for <laughs> a period of years i know that i feel like you and i both fall more habitually into that camp where we can get Which, a little like, a the, little
1: open yeah, yeah,
3: like,
2: yeah um that one for me is a little more hyper vigilant Mm. Um, It's like I walk into a room and I'm like, well, that's wrong. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: if I could just adjust these things and the lights and like whatever. And that's very activating. Uh-huh. And most people fall into one of those two places when they're triggered, when there's uh-huh. something happening. And the third place is called ventral vagal. And that's where we're open, we're curious, we're mm. open for social connection. And we we can't really just jump from dorsal vagal, the like frozen one, to the activated sympathetic one, fight or flight, or ventral vagal. We can't just mm-hmm. like jump around easily. Okay. We have to regulate Okay, and that's like a word that is becoming more familiar to people is a a regulated nervous system.
3: Okay,
2: and um, lavender, really soothing, calming, very aromatic, Uh was an amazing pairing with reading this book. Yeah, and so I could recognize while in the dieta. Like there's sometimes maybe people listening or you yourself can relate to this where it's like, I don't know why, but all of a sudden it's like, I have this itch and I got to go do something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally.
2: And sometimes when I go do whatever the thing is, I get relief, but usually it's quite short.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: It's like the fuse was boop and over. Then I end up back in the place where I'm like still actually looking for something to go do and
3: fix. yeah. yeah yeah
2: and if I work on regulating myself through the vagus nerve, which is uh-huh. also becoming more known uh-huh. through the breath, then when I'm like, Oh, you know going for a walk sounds really nice. I'll go do that, and it's not like, I need to go for a walk right now., mm. And then the walk from that if it's stimulated from that like agitated place
3: mm-hmm.
2: it doesn't have quite the same nourishment as if i just kind of center myself first and go yes i am going to go on a walk so i'm not mm-hmm. like reaction, reacting, reacting right. to my own needs i'm heeding the call yeah and going into them with uh choice instead of habitually or whatever yeah so that's like um in the breath practices that I've been working with, the predominant one is just making your exhale breath longer.
1: Mm, which That's is the, just like the, the, um, what is, the decoupling practice, right?
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And <clears throat> I think it's so beautiful because with the awareness of breath, it can take people from the dorsal vagal that like kind of frozen place Mm -hmm. as soon as you become aware of your breath you've already gently risen out of it and if you're like freaking out and you extend your exhale and activate the vagus nerve it sort of soothes everything down Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and so i feel like applying that to my own life outside of a ceremony or retreat setting Mm
3: -hmm.
2: has helped to create a greater literacy within my own body of the cues of like oh i'm kind of freaking out right now or whatever, mm. and i did have a few solo s- sits maybe solo ceremonies
1: with ayahuasca yeah
2: solo ceremonies and applying this like long slow exhale breath mm-hmm. to being in ceremony in general, it was really helpful, and another aspect was that I was able to have ceremony by myself, where mm-hmm. that's positive for multiple things one, I'm the only energy in this space
3: mm-hmm.
2: so like I don't have to interpret anything that's happening It's just mm-hmm. me and I had um one in particular I did some massive self work mm. Mm-hmm. I think I told you this like pulled some sort of like octopusy tentacle thing out of my own stomach.
3: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, it was like t- time and space building my own resources uh-huh. and and experience with regulating my nervous system and getting to focus on my own work in doing like solo ceremonies that I think were a big contributing factor to um, my evolution over the last year.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Um, The, the tendency and and the the way both myself and Michael (laughs) did our training was just constant, intense dieta, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. I mean, uh, many people have heard, uh, but not everybody, uh, for four and a half years, I did nothing but ayahuasca ceremonies, leading retreats, and dietas, often all at the same time, <laughs> straight, every all the, the whole freaking time. I, I, I calculated, I was, during that four and a half year period, I was drinking ayahuasca three to four times a week, every week, on average. Right, so there were there definitely sprints and and some breaks, but but anyway. So the point being is that um, I've been as guilty as anyone, particularly from the West, who wants to just literally bang out the training. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and you know, hearing your story and then reflecting on my last year, I mean, this last year taking a break where I wasn't running retreats really. I mean, I, was, I would dip in to a retreat here and there, uh, but I wasn't like full-on running retreats. And I had these big gaps of time where I could just really work on my own stuff. It was, it's been one of the most transform- transformative years of my life, definitely. Um, you know, some of that personal work involved having uh, shamanic work done on me by uh, a friend of mine Kira who does energy work, the of energy work, the Four Wind society energy work. that was huge. But again, it's just that time and that space to actually it's so cliche, but it's, it's true integrate right? It's like okay, I, I gotta take this time outside the medicine bottle bubble, which is super intense and deal with this the 3D world and my stuff. There isn't any distraction, right? Whereas training can actually turn into a distraction to a a big, fairly significant degree. (laughs) Would you, you're nodding your head vigorously.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, especially if the, it's, it's just such an interesting place because there's like multiple stories that can be overlapping at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm training to do something that is, that is supportive to other people that can bring healing to others, which is Mm -hmm. phenomenal and so valuable. And that can sometimes I think kind of show itself forward while in the background is this like, but I got to just do it in, in a way referring back to the nervous system, that's like a reaction to something. Mm. So, oh, I got to do another retreat. Um, I got to load up on a dieta, so to speak. But if it's that's so different, then I'm feeling a gentle call or like the natural impetus in, in my body that feels very different than Kind of this, like I'm hurrying up to chase something that I actually will will give me some sense of satisfaction, which is fine. But but then at the end of that dietary retreat, are you just as unsatisfied as you were before? Mm. And therefore, and then then the cycle can be okay. Well, I got something out of that, but um, I guess I didn't get to the bottom of the whatever. So I. I should just go do another one, yeah. and you know, and so With like, the
1: idea that doing more also there's this whole idea of like, oh, I I just need one more dieta, I just need one more retreat, I just need one more, and then I then I'm gonna, uh, uh, uh. and it's it's that never ending, you know was yeah. it cycle of was it Sisyphus the guy who's pushing up the the uh,
2: Sisyphus the, yeah Sisyphus. the roller up the hill The roller up the hill come down
1: yeah yeah uh, and then and it can it turns into its own distraction, its own bypass, right? Mm-hmm. If, if one doesn't really take the time and I'm guilty of this, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> I figured it out. Although actually I may have, I, I'm looking at my, and both of us cause we're, we're working together. You, me, Michael on occasion and more occasions, the better. I love working with y'all. Um, <laughs> um, but it's at a much nicer pace. I think you know we we just wrapped one up in December, early December, and we're we're gonna do one in uh, end of March, and I think that's kind of the every other month, every three months is gonna pay until I go down to to Peru in the summer. Um, and oh, on that point, Krista might be most likely ninety percent is gonna be at the mar- end of March retreat, which is is full at, as we speak. Uh, so oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, it can turn into this, this, uh, kind of a bypass distraction thing to keep doing this, the retreats over and over again. And, and, um, we need to be careful. And, and that's part of the reason I brought you on is that I've been guilty of that. It's it's been kind of my, I'm I'm a go, go, go kind of guy. And, and now I'm realizing through my own experience and then seeing what's happened with you. It's like, Hey, maybe we, Pump the brakes on things a little bit, you know. Uh, there is no rush, um, and you also you're a, a in the human design. You're a, a, a projector, which is also uh, for those who don't know human design. Um, a lot of these different, should we call them archetypes or ty- energy, energy types? types. Energy Mm -hmm. types have an energy center. That is we have our own motor that creates energy. And then there are a couple different energy types, which don't have a motor, which is Krista. (laughs) And, and because of that, they they have to be people like Krista who have the energy body of Krista, um, or similar to Krista, um, need to be careful of, of how much they work and how much they study and, and all this sort of thing. Um, so as I'm getting older, just recognizing you know this this idea uh, truth that everyone's energy body system and their nervous system are different, and let's not go balls to the wall all the time <laughs> um, so you know it's great having you on to kind of talk about this for those who are you know just looking into the medicine and there are plenty of people who are like, Oh, maybe I want to study the medicine, that sort of thing. So I think this is a really important subject to to bring forth. In addition to that, I was going to ask with the, um, the nervous system, what do you call it again? It's the poly, what?
2: Polyvagal theory.
1: Polyvagal theory. If someone, two things. If I were to guess, you probably just by looking at someone could not tell whether or not what state their nervous system is in. I mean, sometimes people, yes, they're freaking out, ah, then of course, but one could have a very calm exterior, meanwhile, just being freaking out on the inside, right? And question to you, because you're a projector and this is something. I've picked up on, but this is the first time articulating is that being around someone who's in that state can really affect others, right? Without any verbiage being exchanged, it's just this like, Oh shit, you know, kind of, um, feeling. Is that, is that fair?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that, that would, the term for that, I guess would be co-regulation uh-huh. and it's similar to, um, heart entrainment and heart coherence. And uh-huh. so our nervous systems were designed to be in communication with other nervous systems.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And it's kind of like a could be a blessing or a curse, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But it's therefore we could be a anchor to another person who's having a difficult experience, because mm-hmm. where our nervous systems would be communicating with each other, and or you could also be like taken away by someone else's nervous system. Um, and I I would agree that it's it's really hard. I mean, at least for me, maybe there's people who are like real professionals at studying the nervous system or something would be able to tell what state someone else is in Uh but in in learning more about this what i found really interesting is the my experience some of like kind of the archetype of like the always calm person Uh is maybe that's someone who's actually in a freeze state Uh and so um without throwing michael under a bus too much. <laughs> he, he is his baseline calm is uh more established than mine i would say okay. and i used to like um just just because he's such a good example in my life and and people know him that's why i'm using him and he's brilliant and we all know that too um, <laughs> but i used to admire in him, which is still positive, his ability to be like calm, cool, collected. And then as we, as our relationship has developed, and we continue to get to know each other more and more and more, I realized that he can actually fall in his first step out of regulation into mm-hmm. dysregulation is more of that dis, um, dorsal vagal.
3: Right. Okay.
2: And, like in ceremony for example i've I've witnessed it with people where they're kind of it it's a version of disassociating
3: mhm
2: it's like you see someone and they're just not there mhm I think i um per your instruction gave someone a decoupling, mm-hmm. and when I went over, I saw she was like. Like a mummy or like some sort of mannequin doll. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh that that is what was happening. It was like so shut down and frozen. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um so I I'm I'm struggling to remember your original question, but just going off of well, we all have different um energy bodies and what what we each need to be regulated Mm -hmm. is different because Uh of the laboratory so to speak that our nervous systems developed in Uh so like some people maybe it really like ties into human design i don't i'd have to like really check that with some qualitative research i think but um like people who are comfortable in large crowds and like more noisy places and everything, their baseline of where they feel good and chill in their nervous system is, is different than mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, recognizing that we're not all structured the same, although I would say spiritually we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So what, well, yeah, what I was was asking, you was like how, how hidden and how powerful this all is. And it's, it's oftentimes hidden and just how without awareness around it, it could really, it could be the foundation of problems between people as they interact, um, without anyone really under, you know, knowing what's going on. Because, because again, the I can imagine, or I can think of a couple examples of like thinking, Oh, this person looks really calm and they come across really smooth and so forth. And over time going, no, wait a second, this person's actually freaking out constantly.
3: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite of you, you, you would think the calm person was, was like totally in that, that wonderful I forget. I can't remember the state.
2: dorsal states. bagel totally. Dorsal fine. Bagel, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but they're actually freaking out and how that can affect me, mm-hmm. right? Without, and I'm just kind of like, why am yeah, I feeling so weird? And totally. why, am I, why am I on in the spider flight uh, state? Um,
2: it's kind of like your spidey sing- senses are tingling, but to your kind of just like if I'm just looking at what's happening out here, you're like, well, everything looks fine. yeah. But what the nervous system is doing is reading all of these cues that are below and beyond our level of conscious awareness. Right. And like if you think about with children, <clears throat> if you saw a child that it would make perfect sense that they would be freaking out, but they're just like calm or it, it would be like, something must be wrong with that child because children are so they haven't been conditioned yet to put on all the masks and like cover up and armor up and all those kind of things. So it, it is absolutely uh, healthy to Uh have a bodily response and reaction to something that is overwhelming and also underwhelming Uh and bringing us back to there's a sweet spot of nervous system regulation, and I have found for ceremony like i'm I just want to tell everybody before you go into perhaps any type of psychedelic experience the most experience I have is with ayahuasca is to become more familiar with your own nervous system and uh-huh. the tactics that help you regulate uh-huh and like what I loved about the book that anchor that I was mentioning is the way that Deb Dana speaks about it. It's not just regulating yourself, but building a well of resources Mm. so that when there's a dysregulating moment, you're not like, oh, no, I'm just totally off kilter. It's like, I have this storehouse of resources and nervous system regulation that I can lean into I would say a great thing that people could do and preparing for an ayahuasca ceremony or retreat and or when they arrive to wherever the location is is to just practice this slow exhale breathing and come into the retreat with plenty of resources cuz the medicine is going to bring us all types of surprises. Yeah. And if we're frazzled Because, you know, you got to travel something with whomever before, whatever the intention is that people come in with, which often has um, some energy behind it, and like Mm -hmm. some emotional content, that if we're ready with even this simple practice, we can prepare for ceremony, building our reservoir of regulation and then go into ceremony and maybe someone else is freaking out. And it's like, I am going to stay stable and anchored. And um, maybe that pairs and comes along with experience in the medicine, like dietas. So you have this whole like gaggle of plants that are there supporting and helping you too. Um, But just yeah, this, this sense of knowing oneself and one's energy and being able to manage it consciously can do wonders. And I'm saying that because I think that's been one of the most impactful things for me in my journey with the medicine.
1: Yeah. And have you noticed because, okay. So from my experience, the way I've gone about training with ayahuasca and the strange things that can happen is just pure experience. So it, it's kind of like, Oh, I've seen that before. Someone's, you know, flailing around or whatever. It's like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go do, deal with this. Bah, 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 bah. I, you know, first time it happened, I was like, Holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but at this point it's just kind of like, eh, okay, let's do it. Let's do the work. Um, so this is for those who are studying the medicine, this is particularly interesting because, um, one, you know, you regulate yourself, but I, I kind of jumped ahead here. When I go over and work with somebody and I'm nice and calm, that is it, as as using the term anchor, that anchors that person. They're like, oh, this guy's not freaking out. Zach's not freaking out. So that kind of bring you know, they st- still might be in process and so forth, but it certainly brings everything down. And everyone else in the room also says, oh, oh no one, the, Facilitator's not freaking out. So that just, and that's like anchor upon anchor upon anchor. And so with more consciousness and awareness around it, it seems like it can accelerate that ability to bring everybody in the space down into this nice, stable, uh, uh, dorsal, vagal, Ventral vagal. It, ventral stable, vagal. Stable,
2: open. I mean, uh, here, here's, okay. here's an analogy that comes to mind that maybe people could write. Say, I wanted to learn to become a chef. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And I had this really crappy knife. And I went, I would learn over time with this really crappy knife. I would, I could learn how to do all the things just Mm -hmm. by doing it. But if I sharpen my knife Mm -hmm. before and I come prepared, then the experience I have will be smoother, more enjoyable. lead to a more tasty end result than if I come in with some like crappy blunt knife.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: so that, that level of like preparing ourselves. And then, I mean, you've been doing this so many times for so long. I imagine for you, it is integrated Mm -hmm. in ceremony. Maybe occasionally you're like, Okay, I'm just gonna take a deep breath before I go over there because
3: mm, I see. Yeah.
2: You know, so like you're already doing it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in that place. And like uh, I I had some really great um got to practice it really amazingly in the last retreat of when I get and the mm-hmm. medicine goes like this and the sensations become um, sharper, or more like pointy and tingly, that's my experience, instead of these like big smooth waves tends uh-huh. to be like how I feel it. And my mind becomes really active. And even if it was like, it's definitely my turn to sing, or that person needs help. It's mm-hmm. like, I actually feel like I couldn't hear the direction of the medicine when I was in that like, well, it's kind of buzzy. And like my thought process is overwhelming. And sometimes one breath wouldn't cut it. It was like, but by three breaths, three long, slow breaths, it was like the whole world had changed. And from that place, I could actually hear or sense the direction and the guidance. Mm -hmm. I can tell if I'm spinning out Even if I don't feel it in my body, if my thoughts are just going a million miles a minute,
3: Mm. that to
2: me is an indication that there's excess energy in my system. And if my body is still, but there's excess energy, then our mind becomes super duper active. Mm. And so that's, there's like, there's a certain load that of energy that each nervous system can manage effectively. Mm -hmm. And so when we have not enough, we get kind of bored and sleepy. If we have too much, we're like spazzing and freaking out. And we can use the breath to get back into our sweet spot. And in ceremony, whether someone is studying, leading, or I imagine, even just attending for their own purposes, the like, oh, I'm freaking out, you know, and it's like, oh, just three long, slow, deep breaths. And that wave and crescendo in the medicine might actually come to a manageable point. And usually then there's like a jewel mm-hmm. to me that is like given or just revealed itself.
3: Yeah. Excellent.
1: And, and if we can highlight when you say the three long breaths, we can use, what I always like to use is the four count inca- inhale and eight count exhale, making sure that the exhale is a fair amount longer than the inhale. And the way it's been explained to me through different modality is, Oh yeah. When you get startled, you go <clears throat> right. And then it's when you realize everything's okay that you go, Oh, mm-hmm. it's that, that long exhale tells, tells the nervous system, the body, Oh, everything's okay. And so by doing that, you know, slow, Four count inhale, then a six to eight count exhale, making sure that exhale is longer than the inhale. That's is that fair to say?
2: That's totally the key: exhale longer than the inhale. And what I've and I apply this to like when I teach yoga. This is what we start with in every class that I do because most people come in like <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah. parking and traffic, whatever life. Um I also. Breathing, and you did it in your example, breathing out your mouth activates the vagal nerve more quickly
3: mm. than if
2: you just breathe in and out your nose. And that's, and then some of the things that um, I've discovered and tried to put words to that are just what I do is like the silent ah sound. Mm-hmm. And it's basically ujjayi breathing in mm-hmm. yoga that. Um, slight constriction in the back of the throat, and there's also all of these nerves that connect to the vagus nerve in and around the jaw and throat. So if you breathe out your mouth, they soften,
3: ah. and then the
2: stimulation with the like, it's not quite a sound, but it's not not a sound. Silent ah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the count and that makes perfect sense and I think what I've just started encouraging people to do is just to focus on the the exhale breath being longer and then there's no like yeah mental counting it out but yeah. I imagine that for some people they would they need something to keep pace with-
1: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
2: so that yeah. that makes sense too
1: cool right on thank you so much um well let, let's talk about what you're do, what are you excited about in your life right now? Because you, are you, myself, and Michael were most likely doing a retreat in March. Who knows? There, there's talk about maybe a retreat in Costa Rica, possibly. Um, what, what, what are you most excited about as far as what you're doing and what, what's going on in terms of plans, particularly around retreats? I, I don't really want to hear about what you and... You know, you're <laughs> <I'm joking>. husband. <laughs> <laughs> your husband <laughs> do. We're going out to dinner tomorrow night, and da, 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 da. like I don't care. <laughs> or actually, no, I, I do care. Good. Actually, 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 the audience probably doesn't care. But yeah, what's 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 the? Uh, what are the big things in your life right now? You and, and include Michael too. Why not?
2: Um, well, on the immediate horizon, I am doing a dieta next huh? week. Uh-huh. I'm very excited about. And that to me is another indication that taking a break is important because uh-huh. I'm very excited about this dieta. And uh-huh. I wasn't always
1: right. It was always kind of like, oh, I gotta go do uh, Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I'm dieting cat's claw.
3: Uh-huh. And now and, the cat's claw.
2: Yes, exactly. And um I'm also I'm not in my house right now. I'm house-sitting at uh, my friend Julie's house, who's a fantastic herbalist. And she's been to Peru tons of times. She serves dietas here. Um, and so I get to do my first dieta completely by myself.
3: Oh, like cool.
2: Nobody else around. Literally 50 acres all to myself. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. And yeah, so I'm I'm also curious just in what uh, possibly the plant will provide. She was saying to me that in the jungle, what she knew was that she it was your friend Julie, yeah, yeah, that it was often a beginner dieta because it's mm. really good at getting to the root cause mm. of illnesses. So you would do the dieta with that, and then it would be like here's the root. Then you do Gietto with this plant, uh, uh,
3: uh, okay,
2: and it's Jaguar medicine.
3: Uh huh. Yeah,
2: Gatto. Um, and gives that sense of clear vision, like mm-hmm. cats are like. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna go do this, uh-huh. and like not wafting or wavering. So um, I have faith. That that will serve me well, and then I'll be able to bring that to the retreat in March. Cool, which I'm looking forward to. Other than that, Michael and I are moving soon, so that takes a bit of awareness.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, but don't don't you all have some plans to integrate movement into uh, retreat with ayahuasca? Has anything come from that?
2: Um, in some ways, yes, this would be the idea for a possible Costa Rica retreat, and we can. You had asked me about a dance retreat in Peru, and I we could talk about that. Yeah, be down. yeah, yeah. I'm really interested in, um, bringing improvisational movement and ritual to a retreat paired with the medicine, so that. In that afterglow space, say like the morning after a ceremony when mm. we're sensitive and attuned, that people can have a a practice to take home with them. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, improvisational movement is has been probably the single most effective tool for getting me out of my mind and into my body. And I use deep breathing mm-hmm. as part of it. Um, <clears throat> and then like this is this, I was thinking about this today while walking in the woods of, I could do a whole nother conversation about using ritual as an integration tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, essentially what we're doing in ceremony is having a big ritual and mm-hmm. praying Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so having that space, like what I experienced in France and England with making offerings and prayers in these sacred mm. sites is that, that pause moment of getting out of everyday consciousness, which is tends to be very sequential. Like I'm going to do this and this and this right. and to be in a space space where we are in vibrational and somatic conversation with the forces and energies around us. And it just has made my life so incredibly rich and more meaningful and much more embodied.
3: Yeah.
1: So so if I understand correctly, you want to create a retreat with ayahuasca, probably at a lower, probably three ceremonies or something like that less but bringing in this this improvisational movement and ritual and the ritual may be in that improvisational movement itself is that correct
2: yeah like i mean you can dance around and you can also make a prayer out of your dance
1: yeah okay and the yeah. reason why i'm trying to bottom line it okay <laughs> is for the audience so that we can get hey audience can you please tell us how interested you would be in this retreat that uh, Krista is putting forth so that we can get some idea. Cause right now it sounds like a great, we always, we come up with these great ideas for retreats and then it's like, we throw it out there and then everyone's like, nah, no, thanks. <laughs> like,
2: I want to go on that retreat. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, so it'd be great to get feedback, um, either in the comments below, cause we'll be, have this on YouTube or if you want to email us, uh, I'm Zach at my dot com. Uh, just some feedback for Krista and if we get some solid feedback, then heck yeah, we'll get it going. Um, yeah.
2: I'll oh, say one other version or different version of that is Michael and I want to do something similar, but where we're incorporating the gene keys.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And so imagine like you're improv dancing to express a certain gene key as a way to embody. Interesting that energy of it. So, okay. One more example. So say, <laughs> say you're like, you're like, I want to, whatever you would dress up for as Halloween. Right. As you like, don the gear, you put on the personality, you like invoke that part of yourself. And now that experience lives in the cells of your body. Uh huh. I don't know why I want to say pretend you wanted to be the president of the United States, but I don't mean the <laughs> current president. I mean, like, how would you act?
1: Oh, I see. As if president. you presidential. Were president. Yeah.
3: Yes. Okay.
2: So doing that with the gene keys to help build really all of, I mean, to me, all of life is about being relational. Uh-huh. So becoming more related to the different gene keys that are in our charts so that we can embody them, feel like, they live inside of us more than mm-hmm. like, it's just a thought process.
3: Yeah.
2: And I know that <clears throat> dance or improv movement might sound very out there and scary to people. And I feel very comfortable and inspired to help create some parameters so it doesn't feel like it's the weirdest, craziest thing in the world. Yeah. And that I absolutely believe that every single person knows how to do it.
1: Yeah. I, I would agree with that. That's yeah. I even though I haven't done it. I I mean I've I've witnessed it and imagined it myself. It's fun at me doing, fun it. At you doing it. Um it's one of my favorite things. But I do my own interpretive dance in the kitchen, which you've seen and have enjoyed, you know, how good I am at that. So um but So
2: come and watch Zach interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: well cool. <laughs> cool. Um well, right on. I think, I think, I, I think we had, I th- think this is a good stopping point. And yeah, I'd be really excited to hear what people think of what Krista's putting forth as uh, for retreat ideas. Please let us know feedback, feedback, feedback. And oh, hey, if you like this video and you want to see more, click like and subscribe below. I, I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Um, thank you so much, Krista, for uh, for spending this time with us. And oh, you also have your own website. You do uh, movement stuff one on one with people online and, and so forth. Are you still active in that? Or
2: um, I would love to be more active in it. Yeah. And um, I also love planning and curating. Beautiful spaces and experiences for people. And through that, people can check out Holy Bitch Rituals.
1: Oh, that's right. Holy Bitch Rituals. Yeah. We should have talked about that more. We can still. What, so, Holy Bitch Rituals, you, at first, it was like a, what I would call a hippie b- bachelorette party planning service
3: right
2: <laughs> that was the crude way of saying it it's a bachelorette ceremony for the uh, initiation of becoming a bride
3: right
1: hippie bachelorette party got it
2: yes, yes. Uh, um I don't know why when you say hippie bachelorette party I have like this vision in my head of um what are the dolls that are f- the filled um, filled with uh, candy and kids hit oh them?
1: the the not machete, it's um, pinata.
2: Yeah, I don't know why that's I'm like, that's not what yeah,
1: that's a weird like, association. Yeah, I, I know, I don't yeah.
2: understand. <laughs> um, and beyond that is um, women's initiations in general. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am a huge fan of working in women focused spaces and yeah. body oriented spaces. So, my like lead with that at first is Bachelorette ceremonies, which is very much inspired by how amazing my bachelorette ceremony was.
3: Uh Mm -hmm.
2: But it's important those these threshold moments, again, where we're stepping from one version of ourselves to another and to make sure that we are honoring all of the forces that are at play in our life through these moments, um, including the people that we love. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, thank you. I am, I am still a little pissed off. You didn't invite me to your bachelor party, but that's okay. N- next time. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So that's uh holy bitch Yeah. And just holy
2: spelled
1: bitch, exactly rituals. like it sounds. Yes.
2: Exactly. As profane and amazing as it is.
1: Cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Krista. Thanks, love Sam. you. Love and, you um, everyone out there thank you for taking the time to listen and watch and uh we'll keep the content coming and yeah somebody send me some some ideas on what you want to hear about feedback feedback hardly anybody does any feedback it's weird anyway all right see you all later thank you krista
0: you're welcome nan Si non you're no let them mountains tronco is it so you're no one let them mountains tronco is in pourtant un montain quand Claro, claro, despejado, mundo y mundo y enterito, ira, ira, el bombaía, pura, pura, me Limpia, limpia, cuerpo y sitio, limpia, limpia, chungo limpia, limpia, sentidito, limpia, limpia, chungo y Poderosa medicina, poderoso híkara Poderosa medicina, poderoso híkara Por la rinca, por Todo malo pensamiento Todo, todo crezamiento Go, 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 pura, pura, medicina <Sings> go, 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 Alarimo, go, pura, pura, go, 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 pura, go, 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 I versi to yukantana, some in chimedina, versito yukantana, some mounts in chimedicina, le hiti mon doctor Zito Paudir up so we can la hiti doctor Zito Pauliropso
3: weakan.
0: Alarimo Alarimo Buratu. Lucito, eh, la rimon, la pura pura un programma de sina, ri donna nana, ai ai, Siendo, siendo ayahuasca, agua. Esta es y tronco y sito.